It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time. They can't see it, but I'm I'm skipping in the air as you sing that. <laughs> Hello, you me- everybody. Good morning. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Do you remember that Staples commercial of the dad skipping down the aisles to that song? Because it was back to school time and his kids were getting dragged behind him, getting back to school supplies. and <laughs> No, he I was, do not remember. Oh, that. it's a great commercial. And he was overzealous that his children would be returning to school well we are not celebrating because of kids going back to school we are not we welcome are to the tw- in holy week we are welcome to the 23 podcast everybody happy holy week to you we are recording this on tuesday of holy week holy tuesday no yes just- in a we are also recording it much earlier than usual because shortly for, i will be going to the cathedral for the chrism mass yeah, why don't you tell those that are listening a little bit about what the Chrism Mass is? If they the don't. Chrism Mass is held in every diocese. There's one Chrism Mass. Most places, it's on Tuesdays. It used to be on Holy Thursday morning. We yep. moved it to Tuesday because uh, it allows the priests to live farther away to get home. Uh, when it was on Thursday, they would rush home for the Thursday evening Mass. Chrism Mass, by its name, means it's the blessing of the holy oils, including the Chrism. It also is the time that all the priests come together and we, we recommit ourselves to priestly ministry. So every parish is to be represented. Most years, the cathedral is just overflowing. Sure. This year, it's very restricted by invitation only. Uh, each parish has one or two representatives, or in some cases, none, mm-hmm. who will receive the oils and bring them back to the parish. And out of the generosity of your heart, you have decided to commit to another year of priesthood. <laughs> so, I, I mean, made that I, commitment 47 years ago, but the, it is exciting. It is that, uh, you know, people often talk about renewing marriage vows. Well, this isn't really renewing the vow or anything because. Once you've made the vow, you don't need to renew it. Yeah. But it's like restating our commitment. And it's usually done with three or four questions. You know, do you, do you promise to continue to follow Jesus in his ministry? And do you intend to, you know, work for the good of the people? And I find it very invigorating every year. I had Bishop Thomas. He's going to add one more for you. And it's, do you promise to continue the 23 podcast? And you, you'll give a resounding yes. And I will say, for sure, for sure. At least for next week. Yes. Yeah. Actually, that's a good segue. We, just a heads up, we are going to take next week off of the podcast. Just now, as, next week is Easter week. Right. Uh, let's make a real clarification here. Some people get the terms wrong. Easter week is the week after Easter. Holy week is the week before Easter. Sure. So uh, we are, obviously, we are in Holy week, but we will not be broadcasting during Easter week. Correct. So the, the podcast for the second Sunday of Easter uh, will not be taking place. However, back to the Chrism Mass for a moment. The one thing I would add to that is that whenever I've been to the Chrism Mass, I it's usually a, a really nice time to see people from around the diocese that you don't get to see all the time at other parishes, whatever it may be. But it's also great a great unification of uh, the sacramental life of the church, knowing that all of the oil, you know, the, the sacred chrism, the oil of the sick, uh, and w- the third one is escaping me. The oil of the catechumens, also oh, yes. known as oil of salvation. Yes. Uh, which is kind of a preliminary anointing before baptism. So, then, but all, Oh, go ahead. Then the uh, oil of the sick, 
and then the third one is the sacred chrism. Thank you. The other two are blessed. The chrism is consecrated. Mm-hmm. But it's the it's the vis- the visual of it starts in one vessel, one container, or a couple of contain large containers, very large vats of oil, and then it's divided after it's been consecrated or blessed to be distributed to the parishes that we're all united together in this diocese and yes. all of the sacraments that will take place. So it's a cool, it's a cool symbol uh, and a, a cool realization of what we do as church. Okay. Are you ready to oh. read? Oh, I'm ready. The gospel passage that of the resurrection that will be read on Easter morning. Sure. Before... We have, we have a different one for the Easter vigil Saturday night. Yes. And then there, that is according to Mark. And then on Sunday morning for Easter Mass, it is according to John. Yeah. It is wonderful. I can't wait to get into it. I've read it a couple times already this morning just to be ready for this uh, this uh, opportunity today. Wow. You are prepared. And I'm going to let you be the young guy, and I will be the old guy. The old guy is Peter. I think that fits our roles well. Yes. Okay. But except when you see them running side by side. We're going to stay in our seats. <laughs> uh, so I will I will read the first part where it says down to where they both ran. And that's where you p- pick up where it says they both ran. Okay. Are we ready? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. And this is chapter 20, verses 1 through 9. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloth there, and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloth, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there's some really obvious things here besides the running. And I do want to talk about the running. Okay. But before we talk about the running, what's the most obvious thing about this being used on Easter morning for the resurrection? Jesus is not in the story. That's right. It's the tomb is empty. We don't have the encounter with Jesus. There are plenty of Easter accounts where they do interact with Jesus, the risen Lord, Mm -hmm. but not this one. The main character is, he's out for coffee. Well, I, I, really, I really believe it's, it's almost more powerful. Yeah. The, the empty tomb. Well, it's the, it's the physical absence of him, yet that very direct line, he saw and believed. Yeah. Okay, now let's talk about running. Did you run when you were in school? I mean, did you, were you on the track team, cross oh, country or anything? no, no. Did you guys ever have to do a double time when you were in the marching band? No. Well, maybe. I don't I don't really remember. You run out onto the field sometimes. Some some marching bands do that. Oh yeah. 
I, I've, I've run, I wouldn't say for fun. Let me be very clear. I don't think running is fun ever. Not but for- you, you do run sometimes in the morning. You come to work, you, you run from Waterville to work. <laughs> no, I've never run to the church. Okay. Uh, but I do, when the weather is warm, like in the spring and summer, I will run a couple of times a week as just part of exercise. But and, there's, it, and it shows too. There's, thank you. There's <laughs> body by COVID. Uh, but there is, there is, um, Never a moment. We, it's funny because we were talking about this in our disciple group last week. One of the guys is training for a half marathon. So he ran, you know, you, you have He's to, half training for a half marathon? Yeah, yeah. You, but, you know, you have to add miles and kind of build up to yeah. getting to the full length. And so I think last week he said he had, had gone about nine miles. And I said, are you enjoying this? And he said, not at all. And there's never a time when I'm out running that I think, this is really enjoyable. I want to keep doing this for as long as possible. <laughs> I, I ran when I was younger. Oh, yeah? And I ran a lot in high school. And then even as, not so much in college. Um, but I did enjoy it. Did I you really, do it competitively? Well, yeah. I mean. Like for school? For school, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, it, it was fun. But, you know, it was I was not a great star or anything. But I did enjoy running. You're, don't worry. You've. You have other good qualities. Thank you. You're welcome. I was really worried. I'm here to now, build you up. Okay, so the two, first of all, Mary Magdalene runs. I think that's really cool. But why Why do they make such a point about everybody running? Why does John say, you know, Mary of Magdala, so she ran and went to Simon Peter. Mm. And then a little bit later, Peter and the other disciple ran to the tomb. Yeah. Uh, why, why does John make such an emphasis but or put such an emphasis on running. But even they both ran. But the other disciple ran faster. Than of course Peter. he did. But I mean, he was he was young. Most people re- think that this is John himself. Remember, this is the Gospel of John, and John was much younger than Peter. Yeah, and so he ran, but did not go in because there's a lot of deference to and respect to Peter, the old man. It's, now <laughs> Peter was not old, old. He lived a long time after the gospel, yeah. but he was definitely the senior apostle. Is this like a little bit of a humble brag on John's part? Like, oh, well, I ran faster. And then in parentheses, it says the better looking disciple ran faster. It doesn't no, say no. the better looking. <laughs> yeah. But what what uh, a lot of scripture scholars believe, he's, he's obviously referring to himself, but yeah. he's also makes a point of not calling himself by name mm. so that he represents everybody. Yeah. He's like the every man. So Peter who represents the leadership. Okay. He went in first, then everybody else gets to also go. But here's the powerful thing at the end when it says, uh, the other disciple also went in the one who had arrived at the tomb first and he saw and believed sort of like saying, okay, we know like so Peter believed, but everybody else, you also need to believe. Yeah. Not to believe because you saw, believe because you saw the empty tomb. Mm. You, so even in the, it's, it's really a, a play on what you don't have helps you understand what you do have. Uh, it's just like, we don't appreciate heat until we're out in the cold. Yeah. You don't appreciate uh, light until you've been lost in the dark. Uh, you don't appreciate 
the risen Lord until you see the empty tomb. You don't appreciate sitting on the couch until you're running outside and miles away from your house. And you don't appreciate <laughs> your pastor until he goes to the chrism mass and you have to stay back at the parish by yourself. And he has to recommit his, his priesthood. Yeah. You know, I'm still thinking about running here. Uh, and my mind went to what are... Your what, mind is running. <laughs> it usually is. Ask my wife. Um, what are moments in life where we run? We run with excitement. So I think this would be categorized as some excitement. Um, we run when, when we need to move quickly. We run if something um, scary or fearful or something that we're unsure of well, people is happening. Ra- people run out of a house that's on fire. Sure. Firefighters run into the house. Mm-hmm. Heroes. I, but I, I, the moment I was thinking of was when there was a night where, and I won't tell the whole story, but there was a night when we had no power and when um, our oldest daughter had just started walking and I couldn't find her and I realized that she was near the basement steps and I ran to, to try to get her as quickly as I could. You know, so like in moments like that, it's, it's a, quick, yep, yep, a yep. quick move. But then the other image that came into mind, you probably didn't see this on Saturday, uh, there was a gentleman here for um, confession, and when he exited the church, he uh, walked through the doors, and he was walking on the sidewalk outside the back windows, and he almost like ran and skipped off the curb, almost like leaping for joy. I, I took it as a excitement of the grace of absolution. Um, so I think sometimes we and run... And he jumped right in front of a truck? No. <laughs> wow, that... That really... <laughs> that would be a bad. That got... Well, at least he went to confession first. <laughs> uh, but, you, you know, so th- there's a moment of joy when we move quickly. So let's, let's list off everything I said. Excitement, joy, fear, anxiety. You know, it's... And it, what, what, where would you put this one? For the gospel? Yeah. I think for them it's both excitement... It's and not probably really fear, fear, but it's definitely the unknown. Or they, maybe it's part of anxiety. Yeah, I, I need to know. I need to know. And I can't wait to get there in time. We even use the phrase, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Uh, now, Mary Magdalene of Mar- This is called Mary of Magdala. We often refer to her Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. Magdalene's not her last name. It's just a point of description, Mary of Magdala. So she's the Magdala- Magdalene, Magdalene. Yeah. And But anyway, Mary will show up again in other places when she does get to talk to Jesus. Mm-hmm. But here, it's just simply that she's there very early. Uh, so our very early Sunday Mass will be at 8.30 Sunday morning. <laughs> which, which is great. We are so spoiled here at St. John the 23rd. Yeah. You know, I, I noticed the other day one of the, the churches in Toledo is going to have a sunrise service at the, the Toledo Zoo. Really? Which, I, which I thought was really pretty cool. That's cool. Is that, that, not one of the Catholic I, I think they've been doing this on a regular basis. Oh. Uh, Epworth United Methodist, I believe. I oh. think they're the ones. Oh, cool. Uh, they do it like in the African safari? I have no, not in it, no. I have no idea where they're doing it. Feed a giraffe an Easter egg? Yeah. But uh, Catholics don't do sunrise service very well. There is Parishes down south do, some do. I know uh, one in the Atlanta area, they do a big mass outside in their parking lot at sunrise it's a big tradition they have down there um and i think it usually starts out pretty dark and the the sun is literally rising while mass is going on kind of cool 
But you can get away with that when you have warmer temperatures. Easter up here can sometimes there's snow on Easter in Ohio. Oh yes. Not this weekend though. It's gonna be seventy and sunny. You've heard that's it, your you've weather forecast on the twenty three podcast. What does Easter mean to you? <laughs> what is it to me personally? Yes. I this is a very exciting week. I mean, I can't I don't think I can take Easter as a a one-off experience because it's part of a whole package, right? But I think the 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 week as a whole is very exciting. Um even on Sunday morning before Palm Sunday, waking up knowing we had the new mass schedule and all that was going to take place. I, it was a it was a great day on Sunday. Sunday morning was wonderful. Uh, I love the way it unfolds, the, how the week unfolds. I should say, yeah. You know the the power of Patience Sunday, and I, I felt the power this week for sure. Mm-hmm. And it was so good seeing so many people uh, come in who said they had not been back to church for over a year. Yeah. And uh, by the way, many people quickly announced that they had been vaccinated. I, it's it's like it's really wonderful. It's almost like a club, you know. I I, <laughs> I I'm part of it now. You know, Father Jeff said something interesting during his homily on Sunday that I've never really I've always taken for granted, but I never really thought of why. And he's what he had said was he always wondered as a kid and even now uh, why the church chose that on Palm Sunday we read the whole story. You know, you were talking about the week unfolds. Yeah. So why not leave it as though Palm Sunday is just that, that passage of Jesus coming into the city, just the Palm branch. Right. And then Holy Thursday unfolds. Good Friday is the passion account. And then it it segues into Easter. And I thought, I thought that was a, an interesting point. Obviously we're not like you always say, we're not play acting. Like we already know the end of the story. And the truth is before Vatican two, uh, which updated the lectionary, we read all four patient accounts every year. Wow. On Sunday, I, I may be wrong because I have, I have to go, I'd have to go look this up. But I believe on Sunday it was always the Gospel of Matthew. Monday, I believe, was Mark. And Tuesday was Luke. Wow. And then John, of course, on Good Friday. Hmm. It was something along that line. I'm not, I may not be exactly correct. Uh, but we, we still keep John on Good Friday to yes, this day. But, and then uh, on Palm Sunday, it rotates Matthew, Mark, Luke. This is the year of Mark. Yeah. Uh, but the whole idea was we, we need to remember. We need to remind ourselves of the whole story. Yeah. But at the same time, we also tear it apart. So on Holy Thursday, we, we commemorate the Last Supper. This year, we will not be washing the feet. We've been asked not to do that, mm-hmm. but we do have the Holy Thursday Mass, and I'm excited about it because it is the institution of the Eucharist. It is the center of our, our, our priestly life as, a, as an ordained priest, but also the priest, priesthood of the laity, the baptized. Sure. It is the center. Eucharist is not just a Catholic form of worship. You know, it's like a praise session. It's, it is praise, but it's so much more. It is the Last Supper, and it is the sacrifice on the cross of Good Friday. So it lends itself. It's almost like Holy Thursday doesn't end till Good Friday, till Good Friday, and yeah. Good Friday doesn't really end until the Easter Vigil. So they they really flow together. And I was at one parish where there were several priests, 
And we decided that the, the priest who presided should be the same at all of those because it's like one service. Oh, wow. So Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Easter. Of course, I'm the only priest here, so I will preside at all three. Was that a way just for the other guys to get out of having to work? They no, just, no. They thought, oh, no. yeah, we'll just tell them he should do all of them. You know, it's quite the, the opposite. The, well, I don't know. <laughs> some, some guys may, may choose not to do something like that, but yeah. for me, it's just the opposite. I want to do it. I, I want to be... Uh, intimately involved in celebrating. I don't want to preside at the Chrism Mass this morning. I'm glad I'm not a bishop. Sure. Uh, but the rest of the Holy Week, it really is kind of like it's why I'm a priest. I think people forget, too, that every time we celebrate Mass, it's a sacrifice, right? You know, the whole the whole image, you know, every time we celebrate Mass, we celebrate Easter. Every time we celebrate Mass, we celebrate Good Friday. Yeah. Now, after I preached on the word Hosanna, uh, and then you sang Hosanna Sunday. Yeah. Did 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 the word mean anything different to you after you heard it three times? I think a little tear came out of my eye each time. It could have been that fly that was around the piano just got in my eye. I'm not yeah. sure. But, <laughs> or somebody was chopping up. Parker was chopping onions. Uh, onions? Yeah. <laughs> it was got a little a little fragrant. Um, but yeah, you know, every time we, we, we gather for Mass, we do celebrate this this exact week every Sunday. But this week we get to do it in a more yeah. deliberate way. And and I really, really encourage people to come on both Holy Thursday and Good Friday. I've noticed over the years, even though we get a good attendance, it's different people. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if people would go? I mean, not 100% different people, but wouldn't it be great if people could really see the connection between Holy Thursday and Good Friday? Well, I can 100% guarantee you nobody that um, didn't come last year will be the same this year <laughs> because we had an empty church last year, but we had Holy Thursday. We had good Friday uh, for our family. It's kind of cool because Audrey's getting ready for first communion. So she's, she's all jazzed for Holy Thursday. She's prepped and ready to go. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Did they have a special invitation for first communion kids this year? I especially invited her. You did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to be uh, a great week. Don't forget, Thursday, Friday, Saturday at 7, Easter Sunday morning, 8.30, 10, and 11.30. The last two, both in the church and the parish life center. In the Rod Cowley Hall. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. I can't sing hallelujah yet. You just said it. I can say it, but I'm not singing it yet. <laughs> All right. Take care, everybody. God bless you. Bye-bye. <laughs>